Katie Books Productions presents Lenny Gray, an audio drama written, produced, and narrated by Earl Sewell. Previously on Lenny Gray. John, let me ask you something. What do you want to know, Curly? How is it that you dig graves with only one arm? And how is it that you haven't seemed to age none, John? Your hair didn't turn all gray and fall out? And your back ain't all busted up from digging all those graves? Whew. Oh, I tell you, I'm feeling something with that moonshine I've been drinking. Uh, and, and John, you look as young as you did 30 years ago. I know that ain't the moonshine talking because I'm looking at you. And John, you ain't changed at all. Uh, why is that, John? <laughs> Lean closer. I want to whisper the answer in your ear. Curly leaned in. He felt John's breath, which was so cold, it felt like his ear instantaneously turned into a block of ice. Curly couldn't hear a word. In fact, he couldn't hear anything at all. He felt a frostiness spreading across his face, arms, and legs. He repositioned himself so that he could face John. Curly tried to speak, but no words came forth. Then he blinked, and his eyesight disappeared. Then there was nothing. Lenny Gray and her children, Christine, Leyuna, Martha, Lenny Gray II, Jesse, and Earl, had just boarded the train that was heading north for Chicago. She raised the money to buy tickets for herself and the children by selling Curly's farm equipment. She wanted nothing to do with the life she and Curly had built. She was leaving it and the South behind like she should have done back in her youth. Lenny Gray was 51 now and had no money or education 
and six mouths to feed on her own. After Curly's funeral in February, Willie told her to come to Chicago because he had a place for her to stay. At first, after Curly's funeral, she remained on the farm and tried to work it on her own as best as she could. But her mind was changed when she went into the general store several months later in Money, Mississippi to buy food on credit for the Christmas holiday season. Roy Bryant was there and told her the only way that she was going to get credit from him to feed herself and her children would be to come in the back room and have sex with him. Leave your children up front here. It won't take all that long. Curly did now. A woman like you need a decent white man like me looking out for you. Especially the way them clan boys come around and bring people out. It would be awful if you and your children got burned out of that nice government house, don't you think? You do this here thing for me, and I can make sure it don't happen. If you don't, well, I ain't sure what might take place over the holiday season. Lenny Gray gathered her children close to her. I will do no such a thing. I'm sorry to hear that. You don't want my protection, Lenny. Now, get the hell out of my store. I hope you and your children star to death. It was then that Lenny Gray made the choice to leave right away. All aboard! Lenny Gray heard the train conductor shout out. She opened up the window shade and looked out at the empty fields. Her heart sank, but at the same time, she felt a great sense of freedom. She told several neighbors where she was going and told them that if Bud returned, to tell him that he should come to Chicago and find her. Mama, my clothes is itching, said Earl, scratching and complaining about the wool pants she'd sewn for him out of a potato sack. Then, don't think about itching, and you won't start scratching, she said to him as the train jerked forward. She was finally leaving the South for a northern city. She didn't know what was ahead of her or what she would do when she got there. She did not phone ahead to let Willie know she was coming. She would surprise him. It was Willie's job now to support and keep the family together, she thought. She was tired and afraid, but unlike Curly, she found the courage and nerve to move forward with optimism and hope. As the train slowly lumbered forward, a strange thing happened. Lenny Gray noticed that the sun and a full moon were sharing the sky at the same time. Well, you just don't see that every day, she thought to herself. She looked back down into the empty fields and she could see phantoms of Ida and Tom, frozen like pillars of salt. Then she saw Miss Mary, Curly's grandmother, on her knees praying. Then she saw Miss Lorraine and Robin May looking at her worriedly. Then she saw phantoms of the children she lost, including Tommy, 
who was playing by the side of the road with a stick. Then she saw Grandmother Mary, the sweet angel that she was, take Tommy by the hand and walk into a bright light. Lenny Gray didn't know why she was seeing all of these things. She couldn't explain it no more than she could explain why the stars sat in the sky. Then she saw him. She saw Curly fighting black demons. He would swing at them, but they would turn into black smoke before jumping inside of his body. Curly just kept swinging and swinging and swinging as his tortured soul shouted out at the heavens and at God. She saw her father, Judge, who was trying to tell her something, but she couldn't hear. Then she saw Tangie Mae running down the train platform with a white light as bright as the heavens shining behind her. She smiled because she missed Tangie so much. Tangie? She whispered as the train moved faster. Tangie Mae grew wings and flew to her. She met Lenny Gray's gaze but didn't say anything. Then, Lenny Gray heard Tangie Mae speak inside of her mind. Lenny, listen to me real good. Look behind you, Lenny. You forgot the tin box. I'm going to sit right here next to you and the children. Looks like I'm headed in the same direction. Lenny Gray turned her attention away from the window and looked into the dark eyes of John, the one-armed gravedigger, as he sat down beside her and her children. Jesse is a fine boy, he said as he rubbed her son's head with his only arm. Tom and Curly both pray to me and <laughs> they worshipped me. They said if I helped them out, they'd give me the souls of their generations and I aim to collect my payment. Looks like you left this behind. I'm going to keep it. Said John, showing Lenny Gray the tin box with the locks of hair from all of her children. At that moment, Lenny Gray heard a voice echo inside her mind. The same intuitive and ancestral voice that had always tried to guide and inform her. Only this time she recognized the voice as belonging to Tangie May. Fight, Lenny. The voice beseeched her. For the first time in her life, Lenny realized God had given her the power of choice for dilemmas such as this one. She changed the way she looked at John, the gravedigger, and fully recognized him as an evil spirit. She looked directly into his dark eyes and said, John, you've been looking around my family for too long. <laughs> I'm as old uh, as time itself. You ain't welcome around here no more. 
Tom and Curly is dead. You got them. They made a choice to call on you, but I didn't, and neither did my children. John, the gravedigger, released a menacing snicker and said, <laughs> I aim to collect my payment. Lenny Gray leaned closer and whispered purposely in his ear, and I aim to fight you all the way to the gates of hell to save the souls of my children. Lenny Gray raised the palms of her hands towards the heavens, closed her eyes, and said with power and conviction, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. She repeated the verse time and again until she heard her son Earl sneeze. Lenny Gray opened her eyes. John, the gravedigger, was gone. She sat back down but immediately felt that she'd sat on something. She stood back up and noticed the tin box sitting on the seat. She opened the tin box and noticed that the hair of her children was not in it. She knew that it wasn't over between her and John, and when he returned, she'd be ready. Lenny Gray's heart filled with hope, and her spirit became pregnant with faith and possibility as she gathered her children close to her and headed down the railroad tracks towards a brighter future and the better days she'd long for, for a lifetime. This is Earl Sewell, creator, writer, and narrator of this podcast you've been listening to called Lenny Gray. I really hope you enjoyed the story, because as of now, we've come to the end of it. I know, I know, it's, a, it's sad, but we have come to the end of that story for now. But before, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but before I do, let me take a step back and say thank you to all of the listeners from around the world who have tuned into this podcast. It truly means a great deal to me to know that people um, from around the world in countries like Egypt and the United Arab Emirates and Australia and Hong Kong and South Korea, uh, Zambia, Kenya, Nigeria, just all over the world um, have tuned in to listen to this podcast. So. Although this particular podcast has come to an end after seven seasons, it does not mean the end of content that goes up about this podcast. So here's what 
I'm looking for. I am looking for people who would like to do an interview or have a chat about this podcast and this story. I would love to hear from you, and here's how you do that. You can reach out to me via email at lennygraypodcast at gmail.com. That's L-E-N-N-I-E-G-R-A-Y podcast at gmail.com. I look so forward to hearing from you. Okay, next thing. Will there be another Lenny Gray? The answer to that is yes. That is something I'm also working on, so you can stay tuned for that. So you have that to look forward to. There will be a sequel to this work. Also, to let you know that as of today, October 13th, 2020, the show has been downloaded over 10,000 times. I cannot tell you how amazing that is for a fiction podcast. So thank you again to all of those who have been following the show for the seven seasons. The next thing is, I also am in the production process of another podcast for you. I Back in one of the seasons, way back when, I put up a small clip of uh, a podcast called Sisters that I'm working on. So I'm still in the process of narrating it. But the story will be up fairly soon. So with that being said, I would love to keep in contact with you. I would love to get you on my mailing list so that uh, whenever I put out new content, new stories, new fiction podcasts, I can let you know. So that same Lenny Gray podcast at gmail.com. If you want to get on my mailing list, just shoot me an email with please add me to your mailing list in the subject line so that I can add, so that I can add you to my mailing list so that you can be made aware when the new shows and new episodes are available. Thank you again, everybody. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and God bless.